Welcome, everybody, to the Intersection Podcast. I'm Stephen, your host, and uh, we're coming together so we can find out where faith and life meets for our congregation, for us personally, and for our community. So we're here once again, and we've got this time Rebecca Curtis with us. How are you, Rebecca? I'm great. How are you doing? I am living the dream. I was running very late today because we're just so busy with different online stuff we're doing. So um, busy, very busy. (laughs) Um, so, um, Rebecca, why don't you start by kind of telling us, um, you know, what, where did you come from? Like, tell us about yourself. Um, I, from what I hear, you are currently an assistant principal at, um, what what school is it again? Sarah Moore Green Magnet Academy. Yeah. I always, I forget that because it's It's a long name. It's a mouthful. Yes, it is. (laughs) For sure. Um, is that like, is that super local? It is downtown right off the James White Parkway. Uh Uh-huh. So once you get off on James White Parkway, you head towards the backside of Holston Hills. Okay. And it's yeah. between James White and Holston Hills. Okay. 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 I, you know, I think I used to pass that every day. If it's near James White, because I used to go to Johnson Bible College all the way from, I would be at Lovell Road. So I would have to go out that way and hit mm-hmm. the interstate. Yeah. I know exactly yep. what you're talking about. Um, so where did, did you grow up in Tennessee? Or? I did grow up in Tennessee. I'm really? originally from Kingsport. Kingsport. Okay. Yes. So about an hour and a half from here. Mm-hmm. Um, I grew up in Kingsport. I lived there my entire life. And I graduated from Sullivan Central. Typically, when you tell people you're from Kingsport, everyone assumes you went to Dobbins Bennett High School. Why is that? Is that like the That's only like school That's like the there? Kingsport High School. Uh, like, the Kingsport High School. Like the Kingsport High School is in like, you know, Hardin Valley is, that is, is Knoxville exactly High School. Right. Kind of yes. Th- okay. That's that. So everybody in my family went to Dobbins Bennett High School, except for my sister and myself. Okay. Yeah. All right. And you, okay. And you went to, what was the name of your high school? Again? Sullivan Central. And so what would, what high school in Knoxville would you compare that to? It would be very much like probably Powell. Powell. Oh. oh Halls okay. or Gibbs. Okay. Yes. So it was a, yeah. it was out in the country. Yes. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I know a lot of kids from Powell. They're the coolest kids ever they're, they're like it's like the south knoxville kind of right kind of, uh, yeah. yeah all right so um and and so you grew up in kingsport yes and so what was your what was your very first job my very your first very job. first job like when you're 14 15 16 whatever so it was. my very first job that i did not get paid for was cheerleading coach and then i also worked at a dance studio and a gymnastics um gym uh-huh. so i did that just because i enjoyed it but my very okay. first paying job was it TCBY? TCBY. And let I me tell that. you, when you're in high school and all your friends come to eat ice cream, it can get a little rowdy. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. I bet you were a very popular person. Oh, it was a fun time. How much free ice cream did you give away? I can't even imagine. <laughs> My brother used to work at TCBY, and he would get in trouble because he would just, like, buy the gallon. Just about, And you were like, supposed to weigh it every whatever. time and all the things, and, you know. No. no. That's why we don't see TCBY very often. That's people no. like you. That's, that's exactly <laughs> right. People like me. <laughs> okay, so you go from TCBY mm-hmm. to... Uh, after that was my job in how old were you at the time I was 17 18 and then um, after that is when I went to college I went to Tennessee Tech in Cookville for Mm -hmm. well I didn't know what I wanted to do I just knew that that was where I was going to go Um, everybody in my family had gone to East Tennessee State in Johnson City 
my mom cheered there, my sister cheered there, and my brother played football there. So I was an oddball, and I went to Tennessee Tech, didn't know a single person. Did you do it like out of obligation um, almost like family, I don't say family legacy of Tennessee Tech, but just like everybody else did it. Why not? No, it was like, um, I just, I don't know. Like I, it was one of those things. I just had a desire to go and I went Mm -hmm. just not knowing anybody. And it was probably one of the best decisions I ever made. Really? Mm -hmm. So you just take general classes? At the beginning, I thought I wanted to be um, a creative writing teacher. Really? Yes. And How long so, did that dream last? Because um, the way you said it, just like <laughs> I thought. <laughs> I thought. Well, you have to really love to write. Yeah. To and I don't mind yeah. writing, mm-hmm. but it was one of those things that um, I realized really quickly that creative writing probably just wasn't for me. I so uh, little known fact about me, I actually had the same. For, for there was a small period of time where I wanted to do the exact same thing. And I don't know if you're like me, but the thing that turned me off from it was because in my head, I liked the, I had this like fantasy of like creating these novels or books or whatever and plays, whatever it might be like these big, awesome. And and it's like, I have these ideas for stories, but then when I sit down and write like a chapter of them, my hand hurts and I'm (laughs) bored and I want a soda. Like there's so many things that I want to like the distractions. I Mm -hmm. just, I have no patience to sit down and write more than like a chapter of anything. Was that the same type of thing? I think my problem was, um, I just, I don't care for formal writing. I want to write more conversationally Uh and, Oh, so like having to pay attention to super grammar. Yes. And my mother is all over grammar. She was an English Mm. teacher. And so I was like, "Mm, this is probably, I just need to do something different. I was driven crazy anytime I had to describe like an environment. Because like when you read a book, you have to (laughs) set the stage. Yes. You got to know all the things. I hate doing that. Mm -hmm. Because I'm the same way. I'm I'm about the conversation, Mm -hmm. the action and whatever it might be. Yeah. I'm with you. Okay. Yeah. So, but then, um, went from creative writing. Yes. And so it was one of those things like I knew I wanted to do something with teaching. I just didn't know what. And I thought, you know, what am I really good at? And okay. I have always, I wouldn't say I'm really good, but I would say I'm decent at drawing and painting. Okay. So I, um, switched my major to art education and stuck with it to art education yes i apologize i'm rifling through things i just realized i didn't plug my laptop in oh you're about to die yeah i don't find what i do with my pluggy anything oh there it is found it swallowed yet another thing Hmm. so okay so tell me one more time because i was very distracted right there you're fine so um i got my degree in in art education it's art a bachelor's education. of fine art in mm-hmm. art ed- and uh, with a minor in painting uh, okay and so did you actually end up doing anything like did, did you so, work in art at all? yes so the first this is my 19th year in education and so the first i don't know 14 years i taught art at a... i've taught everything k through 12 when i first came out of college i um worked a little bit um, off and on as like a permanent sub in Kingsport before I got married. Um, and then I got a full-time job in Hawkins County in Churchill, Tennessee, okay. which is between Knoxville and Kingsport. And I taught middle school for two years there before I came to Knoxville. What was the experience like? Um, with 
teaching at in Hawkins County, it is a lot of poverty. Really? Um, yes. So Churchill is essentially like a small city on the side of a road. Um, okay. I loved it. I loved the children. And that was one of the first opportunities that I had to work in what is called a Title I school. Mm-hmm. So when you have a certain percentage of your families that are low income, you receive more government funding. And that opportunity for me, I was like, this is where you get kids. This is where you can really find and support and help children sure. that and families and the community at large. Um, and I found that that was where I would always want to be is in a Title I school. That's okay. That's very And So does your current school qualify Absolutely. That? Okay. Yes. Okay. So when you say it was like a pit stop city, like a mm-hmm. little, it, mm-hmm. it reminds me of my, my first church. It's a, are you familiar with Seymour? Yes. Is it like Seymour? It would be a bit smaller. Like it's a pit stop between Gatlinburg mm-hmm. and Knoxville, like in the middle of yeah. two big, okay. bit smaller, yes. Smaller, okay. Yeah. Wow. Okay. And so you taught there for a couple of years. Taught there for two years. And then Matt and I got married. Oh, how, whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay. You're skipping stories So back here. up. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Back Go up. back this to Tennessee Tech. Uh-huh. So while I was at Tennessee Tech, um, I met my husband actually at spring break. So <laughs> <laughs> Classic. In the, in the amazing Panama City. Yes. Yay. Tell us details. So um, I had gone out dancing with my friends and he was there with his friends, but it just so happened that he went to Tennessee Tech. So, okay. Yeah. Wow. That's, that is not the story you hear from people no, actually meeting significant. We met. I was out dancing at yes, the club. Yes. And we met at, at cool. um, the Tiki Bar in Panama City. Yes. Yeah. And All we've right. been together ever since. Wow. Yeah. How many years now? We will have been married 16 years this October. Wow. Okay. Yeah. All right. So you got married 16 years later. Boo, boo, boo. We're back to, well, to yeah. 16 years later. So we... Um, so... Graduated from Tennessee Tech, and then I um, started teaching. We got married, and then we got married in October, and so he was already living here in Knoxville, and we decided on Knoxville because he's from Huntsville, Alabama. So the reason he was at Tennessee Tech was because he um, had a baseball scholarship. So he played baseball at Tennessee Tech. Okay. So when we decided to get married, um, he told me he did not want to live in Kingsport near my mother. And so I said... (laughs) (laughs) You did not have to say your mother. I I want to know exactly why now. (laughs) She knows this. Because like he thinks my family's weird. Because I speak to my mother when I get up in the mornings, as soon as I leave work. You've somewhere like around dinner the, and before I go to bed. You get the Ann Cover syndrome right there. Uh, you uh, darn tootin', I do. <laughs> exactly. This, um, this is my way of testing to see if she listens to the podcast. But, uh, yeah, so I have a very close relationship with my mom and my okay. sister, and he just thinks we're weird. He's like, that's just not, and I'm like, but you're a boy. That's, boys don't talk to their mothers every day. Well, at least my brother doesn't, oh, so... Yeah. Then, I need to call my mom as soon as we're done. I feel like you're right. <laughs> you might should. She lives like 10 minutes away from me. I'm yeah, like, man, I maybe you should call your mama. Yeah. Okay. But um, so we just decided because um, he didn't want to live near my mom. And I was like, well, that's just fine. I'm not going to go live near with your mom. I'm not doing it. So we just decided on Knoxville. And um, so when we got married, it was in October. And so I finished the semester still teaching in Hawkins County. And then I got a job at Central High School here in Knoxville. Okay. 
All right, and so that's Central High School. Okay, and you worked there for how long? Just a semester. I was filling in for a teacher that took a semester off to travel Greece. And I was like, oh, wow. oh mm-hmm. Was that a foot-in-the-door type situation? Yes, though? it was like, a foot-in-the-door. And yeah. so then I left there, and then I went and taught at um, Holston Middle School for 12 years. It's Holston, oh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. wow. Yep, I was there for 12 years. It was fantastic, and I loved it. I loved it. Um, It was a great mix of children because it was Uh children from down around where um, I am now. It was like the Gibbs community. Sure. So that northern um, area of Knox County. So the Gibbs community all the way down um, to like the East Town Walmart area. yeah. All that area all the way over to um, like almost Cherry Street, so like the zoo and then down towards Holston Hills. So okay. it's a really huge area, but a lot of our kids at that time came from Gibbs. Okay, okay, okay. And so you went you worked there for 12 years. Why did you why did you leave there? Why did I leave? Because so while I was at Holston uh, and I was an art teacher, uh-huh. I had an amazing principal that apparently saw something in me that I didn't see because I thought I would forever be an art teacher. I was completely satisfied being the art teacher, but I did things like I coached track. Um, I did the dance team. Uh, if they needed anything, I would do it. Um, mm-hmm. He asked me to get Um, to do a lot of training in different areas like ELA and math. Um, And then I became an instructional coach. And so I still taught art part of the day. And then the other day I went into classrooms to support teachers um, to develop, you know, stronger assessments to, to really look at the student work. And is this really what um, the work aligning to what they need to be doing? So would you like sit in on the classes? Mm -hmm. I would sit in on classes. I would help co-teach I did a lot of different things like that. And then I eventually moved straight into just instructional coaching. And we actually had a grant. And by the time the grant ran out, I was at that point in life, like, do I continue with instructional coaching and leadership, like administration, or do I want to find an art job? And so my husband was like, you've come this far. And I was almost finished with my doctorate at that point. And so I was like, well time to move into administration i don't really have an opportunity to so this entire time you were doing school as you were working oh absolutely okay i didn't sleep a lot i'm sure Uh, i can't imagine i had shingles at one point it was awful and and is is uh children in the picture at this point oh gosh timeline wise okay Uh yeah Yeah. so you you've got how old was ava so i have had my doctorate for almost four years and so that would have made ava probably seven or eight at the time when i finished my doctorate yeah so she's past like the super needy point. Yes, but, but Abby's nah. always been needy. Abby is always Abby. She would have probably she's... been four or oh, five. No. Whenever. But like I'm telling you, from the time I got pregnant with Abby, and I mean even today, she's super needy, <laughs> and uh, she knows this. But uh, like she was just like whine, like was she a big crier and stuff. Uh, it's when, not that she's a big crier. Age? She well, yes, at a very young age, she, <laughs> she was. I slept. Um, in the floor in her bedroom for a very long time oh, no. like it was one of those kinds of yeah, kids and yeah. then she still she's got a the funniest little personality ava of they course is, yeah ava's like super energetic and bubbly and doesn't meet a stranger and right. then abby is the complete opposite she has a great personality and she is hysterical she's has a really dry sense of humor and it's pretty funny ah. but um she doesn't like change she doesn't like new environments um she's very much an observer until she feels comfortable i see i see i see yep 
Mm-hmm. So That's they're completely opposite. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. So you you uh, you took the job in administration. Mm-hmm. And is that where you are now? I was. I actually started at Green Magnet. So regular Green Magnet is like right downtown. It's right beside like Women's Hall of Fame. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. So very familiar. Get off so at James White Parkway. Still Mm -hmm. right there. Bang. So I was there for one year, and um, I had another fabulous principal while I was there at Green Magnet. His name's Dexter Murphy. He's amazing. And he was like, we got to keep going and we got to keep pushing. We got to keep doing. So he wound up leaving the next year. And then I wound up getting the opportunity to go to Sarah Moore Green Magnet and and to work for a lady by the name of Amy Brace. And when I say phenomenal, she is amazing. And that's how I got to Sarah Moore Green. And it has been such a blessing. Really? It's a fantastic school full of amazing teachers and students. Okay. So it kind of leads me to my uh, my next question. is there something that you wish you knew when you started your career whether it be i mean you could be talking straight up at sarah moore uh, mm-hmm. or just like when you first started out tcby or anything in between right don't um when i think back to my younger self i <clears throat> didn't take opportunities for fear of what would happen um i am very much indecisive and I can't make decisions for myself. And so it would I would just not make a decision. And I wish that at a younger age, I would have had more of an ability to, to tell myself, you are strong and you can do hard things. Is there a specific example of that? Um, that absolutely. So I just, I think back to just even in college, I, I am strong. I mean, at this point, in my, you know, I have a doctorate. Only 2% of the world has the. But if I would have believed that much in myself at a younger age, would I mean, I'm very glad that I went into education, but I didn't think I was smart enough to do to be like a like to deliver babies or to be a heart surgeon or, you know, something like that. You have the potential to do those types of things. Right. Because I just didn't think big. I was capable of it. Mm, okay. But this, at this point in my life, clearly I could have done it. I just didn't believe in myself. Was there a, was, was there like a couple people, two or three people, something like that, that, that kind of influenced you in, in that journey as you, cause clearly you can see, uh, as you tell your story from TCBY mm-hmm. all the way up to yeah. uh, where you are now, there's, I, I think you, you're kind of telling the story already of there's a confidence shift yes. uh, that happens either gradually or all at once. Mm-hmm. Um, w- was there anybody that kind of helped along that? I want to say transformation, that growth at least. So um, when I think about like as a young adult still um, in like super young, when I was 15, I was diagnosed with cancer mm-hmm. and that um, I missed a lot of my freshman year of high school. And I feel like that at that point in my life, I needed someone to help me like get, I'm not saying get my life together, it was very overwhelming for my parents, like for my immediate family. Yeah. Well, and yeah, so yeah, would be. there was um, my grandmother, a lady that was living across the street. Um, we called her my Granny Willis. She really wasn't my granny, but we called her Granny Willis. <laughs> okay. Granny Willis's niece, her name was Ava, lived, was living there at the time. Okay. And she really 
she prayed with me every day. Um, she she told me all the time that that I was going that I had a gift. That of course we didn't know what it was at this point in time, but that I clearly had a gift that God, you know everyone has their own gifts that God gives you, and to just continue to look for it, and you'll know when you have it. And so that Ava instilled in me that I would have a gift one day. Any and, relation to uh, our current yes, sprightly Ava? Okay. That is exactly why Ava's named Ava okay. is after that Ava. But. When I, you know, when I first started teaching, I didn't have anybody that really invested into in me until I got to Holston. And his, um, I had a principal by the name of Tom Brown, and he just all the time wanted me to take on new things and new challenges. And I just kept thinking, why does he want me to do this? And he said, because you have leadership capability. You have this. You don't see it in yourself, but you have this. And it took a while for me to build up because I don't like confrontation. <laughs> but leadership, really, it's not about confrontation or telling people what to do. Really? What if would you, you say leadership's about? Leadership is about developing such a vision or an idea and ha- having everyone on board. So when you're like, come on, we're going, like everybody just takes off and goes with you. They don't question it. This is, um, this is a visioning thing. It's, it's just you have to have such a strong vision that people believe in and mm-hmm. they and they want to be a part of it so you just have to develop such a culture to where people feel comfortable enough and they feel strong and then they feel like if i'm going to fail this person's going to fail with me mm-hmm. or they're going to support me in this sure okay yep. okay um so for you mm-hmm. um hmm I'm wondering whether or not to ask this one. Um, yeah, well, why, why not? If you could go back in time uh-huh. and you had to, like there's a gun to your head. Mm-hmm. You can't say no. I okay. love my life, uh, everything in it. You had to go back in time and change one thing at one point in your life. What would you do? When when would you go? I guess would be. I would probably <laughs> go to college um, because I look back on different, you know, different situations or things that I did. <clears throat> and like I've said before, you know, I've not, there's been times in my life that I didn't really believe in myself. You know, taking your chances. Okay. But I was in a relationship with a, with a boy that I had dated for two years and I just couldn't let it go. And he Mm. was toxic. He was not good for me. And I just couldn't let it go. And I wish I could go back and cut that tie earlier. And because, you know, looking back on it now, I don't know why I did that to myself. This is the, so you, is there a reason you could point to it all as to why you held on for so long? And no, just, I think it's just one of those things being like with somebody, not wanting to be alone, that kind of thing. I don't know because he clearly like none of my friends liked him. Mm-hmm. Um, my family, like, you know, they were in Kingsport. I was at Tennessee tech. It's three hours away. I don't think that they realized how bad of a relationship really mentally it was for me Mm. um but you know like i said looking back on it now like i said i can do hard things i wish i could have done something like that then and just cut it off so now that you've done the hard things Mm -hmm. speaking of the hard things uh you're now an assistant principal and we are in the midst of a terrible terrible time to be in any school at all ever period so um uh, during this as of the recording of this mm -hmm. we are at i can't say we're at the the end of corona that's probably not true in the slightest but we are uh at the beginning uh we're we're like eight or nine months or something like (laughs) 10 years i don't know into (laughs) 
this coronavirus social distancing mm-hmm. thing. Um, and so we're now starting, we're just in the beginning of school um, yes. as part of that. So um, what ha- what kind of effect, ha- how have you guys been coping with corona uh, or social distancing or everything in so, between? One of the greatest things is that children are resilient, right? Yeah. If you support children and you have a positive attitude and you just give them love and grace, Mm -hmm. you know, kids are very resilient. And we have not had any issues with children wearing their masks, staying socially distanced. Really? They have been amazing. Children, they have done just an amazing job. Now, adults, on the other hand... <laughs> I can't handle going to Walmart with my freaking mask sometimes. I'm about suffocating. I don't know how they do it. That's I don't know how we do it either, but, you know, it's one of those things you just get used to it. Yeah. And it's just like, okay, it's a way of life. Let's just get through it. And then it's like, it's almost time for lunch and you you can take it off. Yay! Or you're going to recess. Woo! I think we've just... We've, we've always known that kids are adaptable. Like, mm-hmm. that's just kind of Absolutely. innate. But, like, I don't I think I've ever seen it illustrated so obviously as yeah. with coronavirus because they're just going with the fl- anytime I'm like how are you dealing with corona? Mm-hmm. like i guess fine yeah, whatever it's fine okay. yeah like this is life now and but the one of the bad things about education and corona right now is that i have children that i've still not been able to find since march i've gone to their home mm-hmm. um they don't live there anymore none of the numbers are good no other school has called to get their records and so there's those kinds of things that are very scary and they weigh on my heart and yeah. I'm just like I can't find these children um so those are things that that bother me um yeah and you know th- we especially in a school like mine we not only um you know provide education and love and support but we also do a backpack program and send food home on the weekends and we do dental and we have um, a nurse practitioner come in. And so we're full service. Like I'll wash your clothes. Like I do all these things um, because, you know, these kids deserve it. They deserve, um, you know, if kids are coming in clean in West Knoxville schools, my children should be able to have clean clothes too. Sure. So I'm going to do it for them. But, you know, um, this has really COVID has really uncovered a lot of disparities um, for not just the children in my neighborhood, but all across the board. You're because, talking like income disparities. Well, not even just income disparities. Um, just, I mean, there's just a lot all the way around. I mean, just even if you can go all the way from to the other end, and, and people that have money. If you think about two parents that work, right? Yeah. And you have to work who's at home watching your children sure so do you yeah. attempt to send them to daycare oh you can't get them in daycare because you're an essential you know it's all the yeah. things yeah and so it's really uncovered a fact that um it's just it life is hard and sometimes when we live inside of a bubble we don't realize all the different things that are afforded to us it's like we're we're kind of witnessing the return of the latchkey kid kind oh of thing, absolutely that used to be so common that you just you're at home all day like that's just what that's, kids that's used what to do that's fine and then it became like that's crazy that so you would do that these days and now we're back i to know it. like people okay so i mean i believe in uh <laughs> I call it free range parenting at the Curtis house. Go ahead. <laughs> tell <laughs> tell you, me more. Tell you more. <laughs> tell me more. So like, um, I, of course, as an administrator, go back on contract. Um, I don't work all summer, but I go back kind of early. Yeah. And I think it's terrible to make my kids like 
go to a daycare or go to something. So I'm like, y'all right. stay home. Here's a list of things to do. Don't turn on the oven. Don't answer the door for random people. And like the Curtis kids just rock it out. Yeah. Um, but then also Ava's like old. And so that's okay now. But like, I let them do things in the neighborhood and people are like shocked. Like you let, and I'm like, absolutely. You're just hanging out outside. Like, <laughs> but that's how we grew up. Yeah. You know, I, yeah, and then I was there's like a water whole. Oh, we yes. Uh, this morning we went to first watch super early, and Abby poured water into a cup and she sniffed it. And she goes, "Smells like hose water." And yes, like, <laughs> the best thing ever. Yes, but oh um, there's a whole generation of kids that have never been able to do those things for themselves. Yeah, and and a lot of those kids have kids now and it's like the helicopter parent you know they just can't let mm-hmm. kids you know and now that that's becoming an issue because oh it's mech it's, it's no just huge it, well that and just there's just a lot there's a whole lot but um mm-hmm. you know for fear of getting sick or for whatever reasons you know we developed the virtual program with Knox as did a majority of every single district around right, right. So instead of saying, all right, we're all going to try virtual for a few weeks, then maybe go into a hybrid where it's some days virtual, some days in person, Mm -hmm. and then switch into in-person, we just were like, okay, you can either choose virtual or you can choose in-person. So you're doing one or the other all the way. All the way up to Christmas, and then we can relook at things. Right. Holy, holy hot mess. Because <laughs> oh no, either A, you didn't get into virtual by the deadline and then you wanted into virtual. Yep. Or B, you got into virtual and then all of a sudden realized just like super quick, this is not for my family at all. Hmm. And so once the deadline hit, you couldn't like switch your mind on going either which way. And you, it was like this huge process and downtown gets involved. And like they had appeals oh, no. and now we're done with appeals, but then somehow kids are still flipping and oh my goodness, you want to talk about a scheduling nightmare. Like um, I made yeah. six master schedules and that takes a long time, like yeah. to schedule 600 children wow. through the day for all their classes. And this is just elementary. So I can't even like when I used to develop middle school schedules, it just, that sounds like a, a throw up session to me. Yeah. Because it's awful. So as far as the teachers, are they, um, I, I, what I've heard from some kids in Knox County is they have like a, every teacher will volunteer or have to do a, like a block, mm-hmm. you know, so they, this is your virtual block of time for today you've got to do or whatever. Is that kind of how you guys are doing it? So we have almost 50% of our children virtual. Really? Oh my gosh. Yes. Oh, wow. So and it's very it's it's a very odd thing so when you look at where a majority of your minorities go to school a lot of the high poverty high minority schools have a large population of virtual children okay and then in your majority um affluent and a majority white schools there's a lower number of virtual i don't know what that is that's going to be an excellent study one day yeah but um yeah, when we have almost history books. Yeah, kind of thing. we have almost fifty percent of our children virtual. So we Crazy. were able to convert half of the teachers on every single grade level to virtual teachers, and so it has been the whole thing is very eye opening, and it's a whole new way of learning. Because wow. I mean, I took graduate courses online, mm-hmm. but I'm also 
you know, an adult that is paying for this and <laughs> I want to do my best. Right. But then we also have five-year-olds that are at home alone um, trying to navigate virtual school. Wow. Have you, has anything like good come out of it at, like reasonably or is this just a crap? I mean, that, that is a fair answer. Is this could just be a crap hole? You know, like, there's nothing good. Well, I mean, but, some days there it's a total crap fest. I mean, to the max. Yeah. I mean, yeah, for sure. Fiery. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> but we've learned a lot. Um, so that's one good thing. We've learned a lot of yeah. what not to do. Right. Sure. And yeah. that's the best way to learn is when you fail at something and fail big. Yeah. You know, and right. just own it. <laughs> this was horrible. But some of the things have been, you know, pretty amazing because I, when we started this whole, okay, we're going to have to go virtual. Oh my goodness. What's going to happen? All these kids can't do this. They, they, they can't do this. They can't do this. Yeah. Uh, no, the kids can do it because clearly they can tick tock with the best of them while they're opening 15 different apps and eating and doing all the things all at one time. Right. It's the adults that can't do it. Yeah. And that are scared or adults have, are always the problem. It's never the kids. It's just hard honestly. to change. Yeah. You know, it is. It's hard to change on what you don't know. It's scary. Mm-hmm. But um, like I said, we've learned a lot of what not to do. <laughs> we've made lots of mistakes. And I mean, we've learned one of those things. Um, <laughs> you know, it's that virtual meeting where everyone's on there all at the same time. The Microsoft Teams, right? Right. Oh, but that, we were talking about the chat thing before. Yes, so before, uh, we started. Yeah. Microsoft Teams has that chat feature, and in your in your classroom, like it's this great idea to be like, okay, let's put it in the chat box. Blah, blah, blah. Okay, well, I mean, I may have asked you a question about whatever, but you're chatting about something you saw on TV, and you're like, yes. no, don't put that in the chat box. And they're like, oh, then I'll just take this to a private chat. So thankfully, the chat's being turned off tomorrow. Yes. Yes so mistakes learning mistakes we're learning yeah and i think this has challenged a lot of us in a lot of ways both professionally and spiritually um which kind of i'm i'm doing a rough segue into the um that the i guess flagstone question of the the podcast Um, for you um rebecca specifically um where does faith and life meet So when I think about faith in life, like I want to be able to live a life that people can see, Mm -hmm. you know, the good works in me. And so when you think about letting people see your light and and being a light for others and doing that good work, Mm -hmm. that's where faith in life meet. You got to be able to give grace, right? Okay. And man, this virtual stuff, we've got to give grace to all the teachers, to the students, to the families. And I've got to have, you know, give myself grace because I had this huge idea. But before I can give grace, I have to have humility, right? Mm. I, I have to, you know, be able to say I'm wrong, to, ha- to do all the things. And then also you've got to have that um, that confidence in yourself, but like a humble confidence, Right. Because yeah. like I, I talked about having a gift earlier, I feel like my gift is leadership, and but I'm not going to be like, ooh, I'm this this great leader, and I'm looking for people to tell me all the time that I'm a great leader. I want to lead because I want to lead to please Him, right? right? Mm-hmm. And I'm a I don't know if um like oh, what's it called? There's like words of affirmation, quality time uh, gifts. Yes, oh, the yes. five love languages. Yep. I'm a words of affirmation girl all day long a lot of leadership personalities are right actually but yeah 
you know, and people will like write, write me little notes and stuff. And it, it really fills up my little love tank. But yeah. at the end of the day, who am I doing it for? Right. I want to be the light so that I could do it for him. What What's interesting I caught in there is that you seem to, and, and I might be just stretching here, but it feels like you almost put yourself in situations where grace needs to be given Mm. Um, or you position yourself in those schools or those neighborhoods and those situations Mm -hmm. where um where where people need to ask for for grace and you need to be able to give it yes like so it's you're you're intentionally putting yourself in that situation where people are messing up and need the grace yeah um which which i think is a really cool way to, to 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 live out it's like we always talk about like being able to give grace and being willing to give grace yes. that, that's good but positioning yourself in in a place and time where where that won't be needed mm. rather than sitting in your comfy house and you know whatever. absolutely so yeah you could have easily taken a job in 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 a knox county school or whatever and mm-hmm. not had to deal with a lot of the stuff that Abs- i'm sure you have true. to deal with right yeah true it's more grace probably needed Especially during Corona. <laughs> oh man, and everybody. Let me tell you, everybody right now deserves a whole lot of grace. Yeah, a for lot, sure. Every educator, a whole lot of grace. Yeah, I I agree. Yeah. I agree. So, um, okay. Well, if there's one thing, let's end, end it on this. If there's mm-hmm. one thing you uh, had or got to tell your church right now mm-hmm. during this time, what would you tell them? You all have been amazing. Like the signs that are out front, the stuff that's going on social media, you can feel love. The community can feel love. I was so proud, like the construction workers out there, like just, you know, I just, the, our church is showing love right now. And I just think it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So good job from Rebecca then. Well, yes. thank you for uh, joining me. Absolutely. Thank you. No problem. All right. Well, thank you guys for uh, joining us and we'll see you next time on The Intersection.